The Dental Download Podcast is your source for insight into dental school, conversations with dentists, specialists, and leaders in the industry. With new episodes every Monday morning, I'm your host, Haley Schultz. Let's get into this week's episode. Hi, everyone. Happy Monday. Welcome back to another episode. Happy New Year, too. It's very exciting. Next week, it's going to be another guest. And then the following week, I'm going to talk about some New Year's goals. But since I haven't done it yet, and we just finished up another semester, today we're going to be talking about my D3 Fall Semester Recap. Always a long title, but essentially the different classes and the test cases and clinic and how the adjustment to clinic is going are going to be the main focus. But also there was a lot of fun conferences and fall always brings football season. So there's going to be a lot of fun stuff to kind of debrief today. I am excited to chat with you guys. I know it's been a bit, but these are always some of my favorite episodes and they're fun to look back on as well. Okay, instead of the first segment being clinic and classes, I decided I'm going to talk about all the other stuff that went on this semester, so like extracurriculars and anything fun, just to mix it up a little from what we usually do. So over our break leading up into fall semester, I went on a couple trips with my family, and then we moved back into our house, which we didn't actually have to move, but a new lease started for the same house that I lived in D2 year because leases in Ann Arbor, since it's a big college town with the undergrad here, are always August to August, even though our school year runs May is the starting month, but it doesn't really make a difference for me because I don't have to move because we all ended up staying, which was awesome. And once the semester got going, We basically just had a lot of football games. ASDA always hosts tailgates at Michigan, and it was really, really fun to kind of be a part of the whole setup process and make sure everyone had a great time. I think I've mentioned it before, but my term as president is ending basically beginning of next semester, so this D3 fall was my last term as our chapter president. And another fun thing we did in the fall was the AAWD cider mill trip that I helped organize as the social chair for the chapter. And after that, I went on a bachelorette trip for my cousin who's actually getting married the day I'm recording this. New Year's Eve in the morning is when I'm recording. Her wedding is tonight, so that should be a really fun way to ring in the new year. And I also had my first couple experiences going to Washtenaw District Dental Society events. So I went to one that was like a legislative event, and then I started going to the dinner and learns. So we're able to bring about 15 dental students every time. And since I was chapter president, I was in charge of facilitating like the sign up process and giving people the opportunity to go putting people on the wait list sending reminders all that but then obviously attending myself and those were really cool because it was us and then a bunch of dentists probably like 40 dentists or so and we would sit at tables a couple dentist dental students and then maybe 10 dentists and you get a chance to talk to them and then you do some ce over dinner and before dinner there's a cocktail hour so you can mingle and everything i don't think i want to work in 
Washtenaw County, which is like Ann Arbor is one of the cities here, but it's good to make connections and who knows, you never know what's going to happen. And then I went on another trip in the fall after some more football games and I was in Hilton Head and Savannah. So it was a lot of traveling and it was really nice that being in clinic, I was able to pretty much make my own schedule. The only thing I had to work around was rotations. I didn't move any rotations for personal travel. The only time I would change things was if it was like a conference, but that didn't really have any actual problems for me, which was cool. I'm just literally looking through my camera roll to give you guys like memory synopsises. So after Hilton Head, we had a few more ASDA events and we had our last ASDA tailgate of the year for the Michigan-Michigan State game, which was pretty nice to see a good turnout of Spartans there. I mean, I went to Michigan State for undergrads. I was wearing my green and white and honestly a decent amount of people at the tailgate were, which was pretty fun. And AAWD did our annual hygiene drive so we collect toothbrushes, toothpaste, floss, mouth rinses, and donate them to Safe House in Ann Arbor, which is a woman's shelter. And at the end of November, I had, actually this is early November, I had the ASDA District 6 conference, which was in Cincinnati. It was like right on the border of Cincinnati and Kentucky. So our hotel was in Kentucky and then the conference was in Cincinnati or like vice versa. I'm kind of forgetting because I was only there Friday night for the big social and then half of the day Saturday for the conference. And then I had to rush back to Ann Arbor because my other cousin was getting married. So I missed part of that conference, which was a big bummer, but I obviously had to be at my cousin's wedding. So I was able to do a bit of both and I got a nice headshot out of it too, which was pretty cool. It was definitely another step up from last year's conference. Last year's conference was great, but because it's planned just by the district, it's a little bit more limited in funds and like resources for planning. And they did such a great job last year, but especially this year elevated it another level and it really felt a lot more similar to our big national conferences just in terms of like the catering supply, the venue, the way everything was set up, the speakers, and you had choices between going to one speaker versus the other. Like every hour there was breakout room A or B, so you got kind of a choice in what different content you wanted to learn about, which I also thought was pretty cool. And after that, I came back for another Washtenaw District dinner and learn. And then we had AAWD's women and dentist panel. So we had two associate dentists, um, two owner dentists, and one woman that works in oral facial pain, hospital dentistry. And I loved that. I really just like made the graphic for it and got our professional development person in contact with the Washtenaw District Dental Society so she could recruit some dentists and plan it, but I didn't have to do too much work for that event, which was nice, but I got to enjoy it as a member and part of the board. And then we had another big Michigan Dental Association, so our state dental association event that was a new dentist panel networking event. So it started off with a cocktail hour and networking, and then we had dinner to chat with a couple dental students at our table. It was Michigan and Detroit Mercy students since it's the whole state dental association. And then there was a panel of about five dentists that was moderated with like questions we wanted to hear, kind of getting to know them, talk about their journeys of graduating dental school to now. And to be a new dentist recognized by MDA, ADA, you have to be nine years or less out of dental school kind of a random figure, but if you didn't know that, it's not just a generic term. You actually have to be a certain number of years that you've graduated 
to qualify to be called the new dentist and there's different resources and committees and things available for you right when you graduate dental school and I really liked that so the last couple things it looks like we had AAWD's Friendsgiving at my friend Seema's apartment that was a blast we had a really good turnout and we had so much food so much food left over people kind of just took back what they made and I even took like a little to-go plate plus the thing that I made like because only half of it got eaten because we all brought something to contribute and then of course we had more exams and things sprinkled in there that's when I failed my diagnostic midterm good times and then we went to Chicago for ASDA's National Leadership Conference that happens every single year it's usually the weekend right before Thanksgiving but they changed it next year they posted that it's going to be in October so that'll be a little different but for the past many many years it's been the same weekend and I love NLC because I get to see my different friends from dental schools all around the country especially people that I've met through hosting this podcast or people that I've met through Instagram or people that I've met through as a district six I get to see them at this conference plus get to know my own chapter a little bit more and it was pretty cool because I roomed with three girls in my class in our ITDP program, which is internationally trained dentist program. And I'd know them a little bit like in passing at school casually, but I got to know them a lot better by being roommates with them at the conference. So that's another thing I always look forward to at these events is just getting to know my peers, my classmates a lot better as friends. After that conference, I got to come back and deliver my first and probably only in dental school bridge. That was very exciting. It was a many, many, many step appointment of getting it ready and being able to do it because I was redoing an existing bridge for that patient. Long story. And after that, I was just studying for final exams. Our finals were only a few weeks after the diagnostic midterm, the one that I did not pass. And I'll give you a little spoiler that I did really good on the diagnostic final. I got over 100% and I was the top score of the people that had to take it. Granted, I'm the top score of the group that had to take it, which means the people that didn't pass the midterm, but still something to be proud of. So that's a good transition into classes for the semester. I'm going to pull up my transcript to make sure I remember all different classes, give you guys some highlights and lowlights from each of those, and then anything that I can remember in clinic honestly it's all kind of a blur but I'll try to go through like the different test cases at least and anything that I can remember as being notable all right so overall I did pretty good this term I was decently happy with my grades and all things considered like third year at least fall and I think next semester, it progressively gets lighter and lighter in terms of challenging courses. In my opinion, the only challenging course we had this semester was Diagnostic Sciences 4. So clearly we've taken several levels of diagnostic. It started off with like radiology in D2 year and then it was more like neoplasia and more pathology and then it was Diagnostic Sciences 1, 2, 3 and now 4. So it's something we've been building on for a while and I guess considering that I probably should have been better at it this year than I was but I think certain things just like weren't clicking and I didn't do poor enough previously to have to reevaluate and like take initiative on working harder like it was good enough but because I failed our midterm the way she structured the class was that you had to take the final if you didn't 
pass the midterm. And if you did pass the midterm, all those people got to self-grade. So even if they got a 65 on the midterm, they could give themselves an A in the class, which was kind of strange. But um, I still ended up with an A- minus since I did pretty well on the midterm. And I didn't get to self-grade if I didn't make that clear. So it was just point-based. I had the 52 or 3 or something on the midterm and then like 110 on the final, but then we also had homework points and peer review points, different assignments and things that we had to do that were calculated in there as well. And it was only a one credit class, but a lot of classes in dental school are only a couple credits or in this case, one credit, even though it's a lot of work. Like I would spend probably four or five hours per homework assignment in this class and we did that every single week. So it took a lot of time, but yet it was only one credit. And you obviously have the time that you were in class as well. And I think that's more so how they ter- determine the credits. It's like how many days a week do you have the class versus how much time is it going to take you outside of class. But I'm so used to that by now. It doesn't even like phase me that certain classes are only like one credit or one and a half credits when they're a ton of work. That's just how things are. And that's why you end up in a bunch of classes. I will count right now. We had diagnostic sciences advanced removable prosthodontics, our clinic overall grade, which has subgrades of perio, operative, and pros, so four classes there kind of, and then principles of endo, advanced operative, orthodontics, interdisciplinary periotherapy, and professionalism and practice. So professionalism and practice was our only pass-fail grade this semester. The other classes were all graded, and four of those grades were your overall clinic grade, and then the three subgrades for the different disciplines in clinic. So we really didn't have too many classes. What is that? Five, eight classes. But I'm telling you, most of them were pretty chill, like professionalism and practice. You just took like a little short quiz every week and maybe sometimes had a homework assignment. And it was two credit hours, which I don't really know why, because it was pass-fail. And when things are pass-fail, they don't count in our GPA. So I prefer not to have pass-fail classes because they don't help our grade. And I think, kind of circling back to that diagnostic class, I think that's why she structured it that way, because she wanted us to get GPA credits for doing well in her class. So she didn't want to make it pass-fail. But by letting us do that self-grading, people were able to basically give themselves a pass regardless of if they got a A, B, or C. So that's kind of the only way I can think it makes sense why she decided to do that. But that's a little tidbit of how pass-fail works at our school. Usually we have one or two pass-fail classes a semester in addition to all the other graded classes. So I talked about diagnostic already and the reason that my grade improved I think is because I found a really good study resource through the University of Iowa School of Dentistry and Crest Colgate. If you just Google that, it should come up. But it was basically like walking you through all the different oral ulcers and different immune deficiencies and how those would present. So it was just a really good resource. And it actually included different graphs and things that she was using to teach us in class, but she never gave us this website specifically. It's basically a CE course through Crest, but it was pretty easy and it was really interactive. And it was kind of like a short, not textbook, but it was text-based. There weren't videos. So you would just read through it. And then they had different graphs and summaries. And they really just highlighted the most important key things. And for me, I think the way I was studying before was her lectures, which were all case-based, which is helpful, but you're not going to get the same cases on an exam. So it's not that helpful. You need to actually understand the content. So to learn the different concepts, I was reading the real textbook, which 
just was too detailed in certain circumstances because there was a couple questions I got wrong on our midterm that the textbook said, how do you treat this condition? You do X, Y, Z. But in certain cases, when this, this, and this are present, you need to also do this. So I put the this as an answer on the test, but it was not an answer because that's such like a niche situation. It's not the general treatment. And that was an example of how the textbook turned me the wrong way. It's not that it was misinformation. I just remembered a fact that was not actually applicable. So that's a reason that I really liked this different resource. It just laid it out a lot more clearly. Plus, something that I don't do and I wish I did in dental school more often is I went over the exam with the professor, the midterm, and we talked through all the different questions I got wrong and maybe where my misunderstanding was. And that was, of course, very helpful. And I would do that more in school if it was more like accessible. You could meet with professors if you want to, like I'm sure people do, but most people don't. And if you want to go over an exam, you go over it with the Educational Support Services ESS office and you just sit there and you're not allowed to take any notes or like write anything down. You just like look over what you got wrong. So the chances that you remember what you got wrong, like maybe you get five wrong and you only remember one of the questions. I just feel like it's not even that helpful. I wish we could just be given our exams and they can come up with new questions next year. And worst case, they reuse a few. Like I don't think it's that deep, but apparently it is. Apparently they are top secret information. So that's the main reason I don't usually go over exams is because they don't make it very easy for us. But we will move on to the next class for the sake of time. The next class is Advanced Removable Prosthodontics. And this class I got a B in. And you guys probably know from previous episodes that prosthodontics is not my forte. I've just never had it be super clear to me. Like, I don't have an amazing understanding of prosthodontics. I think I'm better at crown and bridge and like veneers and things like that than I am at removable pros, which is your dentures. But honestly, our midterm for this class was super easy and then our final was moderately hard I would say that's probably why I ended up with the B so the midterm I think most people did pretty well on it and the whole first half of this class felt like major major review from all the other prosthodontics classes we've had we've probably had like four or five prosthodontics classes at this point so a lot of the core concepts everyone knows plus you're using them anytime you're doing pros in clinic so it gets kind of grained ground into your brain in that way but our actual final was a lot more kind of what would you do in this situation and those can be a little subjective I feel like to what the faculty would do versus what is acceptable you know what I mean so that made it a little more challenging and then there were different like image questions where you had to like identify things so there was certain things that just didn't study as well that were tested, but I still did fine in the class and it was okay. It was not that bad. It was something you just studied like the week of the exam and you would do fine on the exam. And that was our whole grade was the midterm, the final, and then weekly discussion posts was something you had to remember to do and keep up with. And then I think actually there was four grades. The other grade was in class, you'd have like clicker questions, like little quiz questions of the content and you just had to answer 15 of them and then you could stop going to class if you wanted to. I think there was like 30 the whole semester so it was pretty easy to get those points and a lot of people did stop going after that point. And we have five classes left to talk through but I already talked about 
um, the practice management, professionalism and practice class. I'll give a quick more tidbit on that. That was the pass-fail class that was taught by one of our clinic faculty that I like a lot. She's here in the clinic. She helps a little bit with D1 SimLab, I think. I don't know if she still does. And she does like our anesthesia course. And then she works in private practice a few days a week. So I do really like her and it was fun to learn from her. And then they also brought in basically like practice management company. So it kind of felt like a sponsored lunch and learn for like ASDA or something, but they brought them in for a lecture one day and it was really interesting. I enjoyed it. I feel like personally I have a decent amount of business, dental practice knowledge because of this podcast, thankfully. It's not that I know everything by any means, but I think I know more than like the average dental student. So of course, a lot of it was basic to me, but I did learn a lot of new things. And I, they went through, again, like specific examples of different practice finance breakdowns, which I always love to see because every presenter is going to do that differently and give you new information. And it's just nice to see examples of real practices and real numbers so you have an idea of what you're getting yourself into. So that was my review of that course. The next one was periotherapy. One credit class, I got an A in it, it looks like. I don't remember much about it if I'm being honest. I think it was just another perio class about like treatment planning and staging and grading periodontitis and how you can do like perio surgery and different options for like crown lengthening versus gingivectomy and talking about implants and how the different specialties work together. That's why it was called interdisciplinary periotherapy. So perio, endo, oral surgery. We talked about like perio, endo lesions, lots of things that we talked about in other classes amongst the other specialties and then relating them back to perio. So it was fairly straightforward. And then the next class was orthodontics. I got a B in that class. Again, I don't remember all that much about this midterm and final. It's probably because it's been a few weeks, like I said, since the semester has ended. I've been on break and now I'm recording this for you all. But this class was completely based on just the midterm and just the final. No other grades included. At least like periotherapy, we had a weekly quiz to help the grade. But this was just the midterm and the final. I did well on the midterm, like a B plus, and then I think I got like a B on the mid on the final, which was like a little bit more of our grade, and that would lead to the B in the class. I liked the class a lot. I thought it was pretty straightforward. The first half, a lot of stuff we'd learned in our other orthodontics classes, and then the second half of the term, of course, it got into the more new information, and it was all different types of orthodontic appliances and how you would treat class one, class two, crossbite, um, orthognathic surgery. So it's fairly interesting, especially I'm sure for students that wanted to go into ortho. And the last class, oh, two more. Then we had principles of endodontics two. So another endo class. I didn't like this one as much as all the other endo classes we had. This one was a lot more just like cases over and over, but we got to start going into the endo specialty clinic in the school and we did like an assisting shadowing experience then had to write up a summary on that so it was cool to be up in endo and maybe at some point I will go back up there that's what I said in like the career finding episode that's why I really want to know where I'm working so I know what type of procedures they want me to do so I know what to focus on these last like year and a few months in dental school you know like if I'm gonna be doing endo and they want me to learn endo then I need to go learn more about endo during school But if they don't do endo, they don't want me to do endo, 
it's not worth it financially for them and they know that, then I don't need to worry about it. So I don't know. We shall see. But basically, I hope I'll get to go back up into the endospecialty clinic. And the only thing stopping me is time, really. Like, I know one or two residents that I like, and they would definitely let me come assist. But it's just time, and you don't get credits for being up there, I don't think. So it's just time that you could be spending assisting or taking care of your own patients that help your grades. And the last class is Advanced Operative Dentistry. This class was so hard for no reason. And again, it's not like I was spending hours and hours and hours doing it, but the quiz questions would just be annoying. And it was like a quiz at home after you watch the lecture. So it wasn't like an in-class quiz, but some of them were just annoying and like weren't in the lectures. And it was hard for no reason. Basically, it was about like Cerec Dentistry and different crown materials, composite materials, inlays, onlays. And it was interesting, but again, just kind of annoying. And they tried to break it up into like many segments. So one lecture would have like five videos, but they'd be like five minutes long instead of just like an hour long lecture. So to me, I find that to be annoying because you have to click like in and out of windows. And like I watch on like a split screen while I'm doing a Quizlet. So I have to like exit out of the windows and then open the new video. So to me, it was annoyingly structured, but it was fine. I'd give it like a 7 out of 10. Like, it's fine. And then the last classes of the semester were all of our clinic classes. So that's what we'll talk about to wrap up the episode. All right, wrapping up the episode, I know that I've done a few podcasts this semester about clinic, like maybe like a mid-semester check-in or something. So I'm not going to talk for too, too long about clinic. But as I said, our grade is comprehensive care clinic is graded and that's six credits but within it your grade is totaled by a percentage from what your patient care coordinator grades you so that includes your patient management it includes your assisting requirements it includes like professionalism is all one percentage of this six credit grade and then another big percentage comes from your periodontics grade another comes from your operative grade and another comes from your prosthodontics grade and together that totaled up to me getting an A in clinic with an incomplete attached. So what that means is that I had an A in periodontics, an A in the whole patient management situation, did all my assisting, was on top of my patient communications, and was professional, all those things. And then I had an A in prosthodontics, but I had an incomplete attached to it because we were supposed to do four test cases this semester and I only did two or three, I think three, because I did our last phase of our diagnostic mounting, and then I did a removable test case, which was the impression, and then the other test case was the delivery day, but I still have to do all four test cases for our crown, so that led me to be incomplete, even though I got an A on my test cases, and I did some test cases, I'm still incomplete because he wanted us to do four of something, and I only did three of something. But next semester, once I do my crown test case all the way through, I will have the complete. But what stresses me out is that I don't have a crown scheduled that is test caseable. I have some patients that like need things, but who knows if they're going to get them done is kind of the situation. So I'm hoping 
with the one new patient that I have coming in that they need a crown and they're down to do it. I did one crown delivery this semester that went well, but it was redoing an existing crown that had a faulty margin and a little bit of decay under it. So I couldn't test case that because it was barely no decay. I just basically refined the margin and the crown just needed to be done more preventatively. So it's not test caseable because I'm not making the prep myself. It was basically already prepped, so they can't grade that. I'm sure that's understandable. And likewise, my bridge, the patient had a bridge. They had recurrent decay under it. But again, I wasn't doing enough of a buildup because it wasn't bombed out decay that I could say like I was sculpting the tooth, grade my prep because 90% of the tooth was already prepped. So I couldn't test case either of those. And then right now I have a patient that is in process over this whole winter break. So, so not ideal, but it was not my doing that they still have a temp on since like November, end of November, and they're still in this temp crown, but they need to get crown lengthening and grad perio done for us to continue and finish the crown prep and impression and delivery. But again, I don't think I can test case it because I already started drilling and everything, but I'm not sure. I mean, maybe when I get back and the crown lengthening's done, it'll be clearly visible and I can test case it. So who knows? We'll see. He's a really great patient and he would be really chill and easy to test case on. So maybe I will for that reason, but I don't know. That's basically just how the incompletes work. And for this class, because they know in prosthodontics that people really struggle to get denture cases, combo cases, crown bridge, whatever, they don't grade you down for not getting the test case done in a semester. You just have to have it done all the ones we need by the end of D3. And if you don't at that point is when your grade drops. But as long as I get it done next semester, it's not going to bring my A down from an A, which is nice. And then the last class that was part of the clinic grade is operative. So not class, I guess, but discipline. So that's your drilling and filling of cavity preps. And that was way back at the start of the semester when I did a class two on number four was my first one and it was just okay. I got like a B or B minus and I just kind of rushed into doing it. Not that I didn't know what I was doing, but I just didn't feel like I was going to for sure have a lot more props to do because at the time my patient that I ended up doing like five or six class twos on wasn't on my patient list and I didn't have any treatment planned and I was like, this is a premolar maxillary kind of ideal so I'm just gonna test case it because it's a more ideal tooth and easy patient those are all things you really want to keep in mind for test cases so I went for it but since it was my first class two on a patient it was of course a little more challenging and I got a B so I didn't fail or anything but I wasn't happy with it I want to get A's on my test cases because I want to do like perfect work for patients not just satisfactory work even a C, the passing grade is still considered like clinically acceptable. So don't get it twisted that I'm doing anything bad. I just wanted things to be like perfect, you know. And then the other one I did was I think my anterior test case. And again, I think I talked about that in a podcast too. That was a whole hot mess. I don't even want to get into it now. But basically I had a pulp exposure because it was like the super deep decay and the tooth was like super ground down from grinding so it was going into it a very challenging filling but I test cased it again because I didn't have any anterior fillings planned for anyone else and you basically just had to be restoring a proximal contact on an anterior tooth and technically this was because it was drilling down like three-fourths of this tooth 
So I had like a pinpoint pulp exposure. As of now, the patient still doesn't need endo, but like things can always change. So hoping for the best for them for the sake of saving them money and everything. And it's like an elderly patient. So they're really just trying to have a healthy mouth, but they're not trying to do anything too drastic. You know what I mean? And that was, I think, everything I did for operative. The only ones I have left. Oh, I think that's it. Yeah. The only one I have left is a one surface test case. So just like an occlusal of a posterior tooth. But if need be, I can use a class two for that. And then you just get graded on the whole thing. And then I also need to do an intracoronal scan. So not like the full mouth, like a bite guard or something. And it's also not just scanning a crown prep or something. It has to be inside the crown. So you have to do, for example, like my class one. If I get the super ideal class one, I'm also going to try to check out a scanner and and scan that. So they want to scan like your inside margin. So as if you're doing like an inlay almost. I don't really know. It's a weird test case. But in theory, those should both be really easy test cases other than trying to get the scanner, you know. So that is what I'm doing upcoming for operative and that's why I got a B in it because I think I got a B on both test cases because of the weird pulp exposure situation and the just being my first class too. It's really everything I think I'm going to talk about in clinic. I've given you guys plenty of content on clinic in previous episodes. In summary, I somehow got an A in clinic because I worked really hard and did my best with what I was offered and had the opportunity to do. I personally think I'm pretty on top of patient management and getting people in and knowing what they need and trying to treat it and doing decent at my treatment for all things considered. I just wish I had more practice because it every single natural tooth and person's mouth is different, but you can only do repetition on patients that have needs and patients that show up and patients that are on your list and I just don't have a lot of patients with active needs right now but as I've said I'm really really hoping it'll get busier and I'll have more work to do and can keep learning so that is everything for my d3 fall recap I hope it was interesting just to see how dental school has been progressing Overall, a lot lower stress in terms of academics, but higher stress in terms of wondering if I'm going to meet my requirements or be failing clinic and have incompletes and all the things. So that's where we're at. And I'm interested to see where the last semester of D3 goes. Happy New Year again. Thank you all so much for supporting the podcast. If you want to leave a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify just by clicking the podcast title and then you scroll down a little you can leave a five-star review and that really helps the show get promoted to more listeners and we can help more people and grow our community a little bit in the new year. Thank you all again for listening and I will talk to you next Monday.